Well, we have one more day where there are two baseball games going on. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. And we are wrapping up and approaching our fifth, the end of our fifth season and our fifth World Series as a podcaster here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. This episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices—they're guaranteed. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Um, just to let you know, later in the show, Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks will be on the show. We'll be previewing the afternoon game that's going to be happening on Monday, the 23rd of October. Uh, but first, we're going to be talking about a game where the final score was incredibly misleading. On first glance, oh my God, the Rangers blew out the Astros 9-2. to It was a much closer game than that. It was a truly thrilling game. That final score did not reflect the intensity of that baseball game that we saw on Sunday night. And now we have a game seven. First, though, we do have a trivia question to ask. And the trivia question I asked was, who was the first Houston Astro to win a league championship series MVP. And so there's an easy way to think of that. When did the Astros first win a pennant? Well, they first won the pennant as a member of the National League in 2005. And who was the MVP of the 2005 National League Championship Series? Why was Roy Oswald? That's why John Murphy Jr. guessed that. That's why Court Stell guessed that. But that answer is wrong. Uh, someone else, uh, it was Daniel Rodriguez guessed Beltran because Carlos Beltran had an unbelievable league championship series in 2004 in a losing cause. That answer's wrong. And John Murphy Jr. finally corrected himself. The answer is Mike Scott. Mike Scott won the National League Championship Series MVP in 1986, even though the Astros lost the series in six games. Mike Scott won the MVP because he was dominant in his two victories against the Mets and was scheduled to start in game seven. And the specter of Mike Scott made that 16-inning marathon game six even the more dramatic. So there you go. That was the answer to the question. Hey, let's just jump in a little bit about this game. I'm sure listen to Bryce Patrick on Lockdown Rangers, listen to Eric and H-Town Lockdown Astros for a deep dive on the game. But uh, give Altuve credit and give uh, Alvarez credit. They showed up and they put the Rangers immediately on their heels and put Eovaldi on their heels. And you, do, did we all think it was going to be an Astros win when they jumped ahead? Well, the person who I, I did, but Garver showed up big time for the Rangers. And 
while the 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 grand slam that happened later was going to get all the attention, it was Garver who hit the game tying home run and immediately made a statement, and the Rangers were there to stay. And um, Heim hit the two run home run just above the reach of uh, Tucker in right field. But that home run by Garver was huge, and Garver's speed and Garver's hits really turned the game in the direction of the Rangers. He wound up going three for four, scoring two, uh, driving in two. And did you notice how Bruce Bochy handled Nathan Eovaldi? Please, please. This is an old school, new school analytics. As I said, I'm not an anti-analytics person. Analytics are important to use in creating a team. But he let Nathan Eovaldi pitch until he needed relief. He pitched into the seventh inning. And he pitched with one on the seventh and then let up a hit to Altuve. At that point, he had let up five hits and three walks. And he had thrown, how many pitches had he had thrown at that point? Um, Yavaldi had thrown 88 pitches. But you could tell he was, he was starting to get a little vulnerable. And so they had a rest and ready bullpen because they had the travel day. And this is a system that I, I want more managers to think of the term relief pitcher. It gives the starter relief. When do you need relief? You need relief when you're tired. You need relief when you're no longer effective. You need relief when you realize, oh boy, whoever we have in the bullpen is a better option than who is currently on the mound. That's what drives me crazy about lifting fought the other day was that he didn't need relief. He was pitching well, thank you very much. That's why sometimes some of these arbitrary, like we've decided this or going through the order one more time, we'll do that. First of all, automatically assume that whoever's coming from the bullpen is going to be effective when you already have an effective pitcher on the mound. But also, how about you get them for relief? Well, that's exactly what Bochy did. Now, to be fair, that's also what Dusty did with the Astros. Uh, Valdez looked a little rattled after letting up the home run. And he wound up letting up the two home runs. And he wound up letting up five hits three runs and two walks in five innings. It wasn't a terrible outing. It wasn't a great outing. And Dusty wound up going to his bullpen because he felt that they that they needed relief. And so there you go. And so I have to say this. You know, the final score was 9-2, but the Astros had the bases loaded in a 4-2 game in the bottom of the eighth inning. And then they were basically an extra base hit away from taking the lead, or certainly a base hit would have tied the game. An extra base hit would have given them the lead and put them in a position where they were three outs away from going to the World Series. So when you see it's a nine to two final, you got to take into account they were about to take the take the lead, and Leclerc came in and give um, give Bochi some credit here that he went to Leclerc in the eighth inning instead of a Roldis Chapman because maybe Bochi, I don't know, looked at reality and saw that Chapman would probably have blown the lead. He brought in Leclerc and there was a scenario when John Singleton, whose story was 
told in the regular season that he was out of baseball, came back, and after you know, was years of struggling in the minor leagues, and finally made it back and wound up hitting you know that big huge home run in one of those games the regular season. He didn't have a great you know, he played like you know thirty games or something like that. Didn't put up great stats, but you know had some left handed power. Came up as a got a walk as a pinch hitter the other day, and I thought to myself. If the Astros have to win this, I want it to be because a career minor leaguer who left baseball came back and became a postseason hero. Even the Astros, who everyone seems to hate, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later this week, why I think that may not be a bad thing. But I thought, you know, if someone's going to do it, I want it to be this story. But instead, he got struck out. And then off we go to the ninth inning they load the bases and Corey Seager gets hit in the foot and then up with you know up steps public enemy number one in Texas Garcia who had already struck out four times he was being the big offensive goat and nobody's going to remember that because he launched a home run in the Crawford seats a grand slam thank you very much and it was almost back-to-back grand slams um, as there's a, uh, I think it was Jankowski. Who was it? So they hit the ball right to the warning track. But the fact about the grand slam shut up the fans. And again, that's how you retaliate Astros. How do you retaliate to him doing the whole, you know, shimmying around the bases, hit a three run home run, win the game. Adolis Garcia. How do you retaliate to all the booze and becoming public enemy? Number one hit a back-breaking grand slam that allowed them to lift LeClerc and not use some of their other key relievers. So now we go there. We're going to have a game today. And you know, sorry, Astros fans, everybody on the planet Earth who was not born and raised in Houston or doesn't have a friend currently on the team will be rooting for the Texas Rangers and Bruce Bochy. Either way, this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted a white-knuckle game, albeit one that was a blowout by the end, but it was just one inning that they blew them out. And we're going to have a fabulous Game 7, which also means we're going to have two games. And this is the last day that could possibly happen. And in the end, you know, I kind of want the Diamondbacks to win so we have two Game 7s. But in the end, that's all I wanted was a good, solid baseball. And we got it. And maybe we'll get it doubled up today. Hey, look, it's Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks stopping by. You know, I would not have bet on you stopping by early. Hey, did I mention betting? Does that remind you of anything? I think it does, Sully, of just one thing. Well, it reminds me of FanDuel. You know, the World Series is going to happen this week. And by the end of the day, we're going to know who one of the participants is. And you could make your postseason debut with FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Hey, Millard, have you heard about FanDuel? And oh, you heard yeah. about their new deal? Oh, yes, yeah, Ali. I pour a lot of my money to FanDuel, and sometimes I get some money back, too. Well, it gets a little easier to get that money back because if you join FanDuel today, you get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. Then you can get on the action from the first pitch until the final out or the walk-off hit 
which you're hoping is not going to happen in Philadelphia tomorrow. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game and who will get hit. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen next at the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, uh, let's get rid of the FanDuel banner. Welcome to the show, officially, Miller Thomas. Uh, We talked a lot about the uh, American League in the first segment. Uh, D-backs are still alive. They're still there. And uh, I think they've got a puncher's chance, actually. Tell me your thoughts as the voice of Diamondbacks Baseball and the Lockdown Podcast Network about the Diamondbacks and their quest to win two more games. Oh, hold on. Okay. Sorry. There's a <laughs> keep going, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Quick technical, uh, technical difficulty. Yeah. Still have a lot of hope and belief in this D backs team and watching that game six Rangers versus Astros want the D backs to take a little something of what they saw in that game in that series, because I thought the Rangers played their brand of baseball in that game six. And I think that's what the D backs have to do going into citizens bank park. You just have to play stress-free D-backs baseball. The Houston Astros are a team that's been in the championship series or better every year since 2017. There's a lot of pressure on a team like Houston to get back to the World Series. Same with the Philadelphia Phillies. That team wants to go back to their second straight World Series. They have such a big payroll, so much pot committed to that team to be at home in front of your ballpark or in front of your fans at your home ballpark. Like there's a lot of pressure on the Phillies and everyone right now just kind of riding off the D-backs, right? Jeff Paston was tweeting out after uh, the the Phillies went up in that game, uh, game five, that this series was over. You can just ride off the D-backs after... All the D-backs have done this postseason. They were already getting ran off after one series, after one game loss in game five. You look at the ESPN headlines after they tied up. It's like, look at the scrappy little D-backs coming through on a big postseason. Like, no one is having a lot of faith in this D-backs team. So, for them, going into this game six, like, I'm not going to put any pressure on this D-backs team. I don't think they should be putting pressure on themselves either. I want them to play stress-free baseball, play D-backs baseball, get back to using your speed, get back to creating uh, chaos and havoc on the bases, and just play with that sense of despair and have that fire in your belly. But don't overexert yourself. Don't play out of control. Just play stress-free, and I think anything can be possible after seeing what the Texas Rangers did did in Game 6 to the Houston Astros. And also think about the fact that, in one sense, the fact that everyone's written them off, mm-hmm. everyone's already printing out their World Series tickets for Philadelphia, think about the fact that they won two games in Milwaukee. They won two games in Los Angeles. And they bounced back after getting the doors blown off of the 10 nothing fiasco in Game 2, and were, I mean, I don't know if you heard my show, but I was putting, I was raking Lavola over the coals for taking yeah. out, you know, fought way too soon, who was throwing a masterpiece. And, you know, he had a bullpen game the next day. Um, he got away with it. He dodged mm-hmm. that bullet matrix yeah. style. But uh, everyone has counted out the D backs. Hell, we were counting out the D backs. Yeah. 
before know, the they, playoffs. They went through that massive losing streak and fell out of the playoffs by the middle of September. And when they they lost the they lost all those games at the end of the year, it was like they were limping in, facing a Milwaukee team that just looked so much better than them. Every time that you've totally written this team off, they've come back. And the other thing is, every pitcher, you know, Nola's been excellent this postseason. There's no getting around that. But the fact of the matter is, Nola's a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the best pitchers I've ever seen, some of the best clutch pitchers I've ever seen, have had bad days. And Kelly is a darn good pitcher. It's not like they're throwing a bullpen game out there. They no. have one of their two best pitchers out there. So uh, I, Kelly is the key. Yeah. And I think if Kelly does, if Kelly shuts them down and it turns into, if it's like a close, like 2-1, 2-2 game in the seventh or eighth inning, then you could feel things puckering up in Philadelphia. And what the, if, if the Diamondbacks lose 58 to nothing, nobody would blink. Yeah. So there's is. no pressure on them whatsoever. That's what I don't understand. I just don't understand how so many people can just easily write them off after everything we've seen this postseason. The fact that they didn't get their first home playoff game until game until that game three against the L.A. Dodgers, right? In their second postseason series, they weren't able to get their first home playoff game until game three. So this is a team that has faced adversity through the entire postseason down to nothing in this series. Everyone is writing them off until this series got back to Arizona and the D-backs were able to tie it up. So I think Merrill Kelly is the key to this game uh number six because we've been hoping for the d-backs offense to get going early in these games against these philly starters all series long and unfortunately for the d-backs these philly starters have just been electric i mean zach wheeler has been unhittable nola nola was unhittable in his first start ranger suarez was really good too so i expect aaron nola to go out there and be a stud as well like you said i need this to just be a pitcher's duel through the first six, seven innings potentially, keep the game close, keep that Phillies offense really at bay. And Merrill Kelly can do what he did last time, but this time hopefully Tori Lovello keeps him out there a little bit longer to finish out that sixth inning. Trust in your starting pitcher in Merrill Kelly. Right now, Kelly is the guy in this rotation I trust the most out of all the D-backs starting rotation. Zach Allen's the most talented, but we saw how he struggled in the second half, and we saw the last two starts against the Phillies. I know what Brandon Fott has, uh, has done his last two postseason starts, but Merrill Kelly is the guy we have the most faith in right now. Trust Merrill Kelly. If he even runs into a little trouble out there in the fourth, fifth inning, trust him to get through it. We used the bullpen heavy a couple days ago, so I want to see Merrill Kelly go as deep as he can in this one. If you could keep this Phillies offense to – three, maybe four runs, the first six, seven innings. I think the D-backs will have an opportunity to at least get the time run to the plate later in the ballgame once you get to that bullpen. Now, I have a thought. We're going to talk about this in the next segment because mm-hmm. there is a uh, there is a player who I'm com- who is coming to mind about who could be the absolute key and could be the key for the Arizona Diamondbacks pennant hopes. Uh, but of the relievers, because you know you got Kelly and you're hoping. Look at mm-hmm. at, at this point, you have to manage a, an elimination game differently. Yeah. And if Kelly is throwing a masterpiece, I'm sorry, you got to let him go until he runs out of gas, because there's a whole winter you can rest up. But short of Kelly, um, who's by the way, his ERA is deceptive. You yeah. Know, I mean, it's he, he has a high ERA in this post in this series, but uh, that's it's uh, I don't it's because of the, he had a bad. Uh, sixth inning in the start that he went through. But 
Um, which reliever would be the first to come out of the pen for you uh, if Kelly has some early trouble? Yeah, it probably depends on if there's a righty or a lefty on the mound, but there's some early trouble. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Toilavello just wants to go with his best quartet of relievers that he has with the Sal Frank, Ryan Thompson, mm-hmm. then Ginkle Seawald, because those four guys, I don't believe, pitch in that last uh, postseason game in game five. So I think right. Roy Lavello just going to go with his best relievers here. If there's a lefty on the, uh, you know, at the plate, if it's like Bryce Harper or a different lefty at the plate, maybe you go with Sal Frank first. If you run into a little bit of trouble, there's a righty. I think you probably bring out Ryan Thompson first. Thompson's also a guy that could give you some extended innings, maybe go two innings, and maybe you do that with all your relievers, right? If it is the seventh inning, if Kelly was able to get you to the seventh, maybe go, you know what, Ginkle, we want you to get, two innings worth of outs here or record five outs. And then we'll bring in Paul Seawald for a four out save. Maybe you try to stretch those guys because Ginkle and Seawald, what we saw this postseason, I mean, neither one of those guys has a yet to allow an earned run. Both those guys have been absolute shut down the back end of the bullpen. So maybe if you really true, true, uh, maybe if you feel truly desperate out there in the sixth inning, seventh inning, maybe you go to those two guys a lot earlier and give them some extended work uh, out the pen. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I was thinking about Ginkle. I was thinking about, you know, Castro's pitched pretty well in this postseason so far mm-hmm. and Seawald. And in my head, I was thinking that Lavolo has to come up to those three pitchers and say, each of you are going to give me two innings. Be in the mindset you're going to give me two innings. Mm-hmm. And kind of almost um, retrofitting it from there. Like you get, you, you know, Seawald's going to give you the eighth and ninth. Uh, Ginkle is going to give you the sixth and seventh. Um, you know, Castro's going to give you the fourth and fifth. And you hope that Kelly makes that moot. You yeah. know, if you hope that Kelly pushes it. But like, even if we get, even if you take Kelly out in the sixth inning or the seventh inning, hand the ball to Ginkle and say, give me two innings. Give me two innings. Because what you don't want to see, and which is the nightmare, and and we're going to go to a break in just a second, but the nightmare would be you burn through Seawald and Ginkle and your most reliable relievers, and it's tied, and you're yeah. in extra innings, and then all of a sudden you have you know you have to re- reactivate Madison Bumgarner to pitch in extra uh-huh. innings, and kind of that's the nightmare in some way to be like you burn through too many pitchers too quickly, and now the pennant's on the line, and you've, you're the fifth or sixth pitchers deep in it. Yeah, I, I need to see Toy Lovello display his best players. Like, use Merrill Kelly as deep as he can because Merrill Kelly, if he gets, you know, crushed early, like, I think the D-backs just roll over in this one. Like, I, I don't think the chance if, you know, Phillies put up, like, six runs in those first couple innings and he just got to yank Merrill Kelly, I don't think there's any chance. So you need Merrill Kelly to go six, seven innings and then just use your best relievers out the pen. At this point, elimination game. I don't care about the matchups. I don't care about the lefty-lefty stuff. Just go with your best dudes. And if you could get it to the seventh in a manageable game, uh, I wouldn't be scared to pull Kevin Ginkle out the pen early. And you want to have that win and the win after that so you can buy tickets to the World Series in Arizona. Speaking of tickets. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? There's going to be a lot of Arizona Diamondbacks fans out there who want to see them win and win again and buy those tickets for game three, four, and five of the World Series. And let me tell you something, D-backs fans, if it comes to that, use game time. Game time takes the stress and the worry out of buying your tickets and leaves the stress and the worry 
to watching the ball games. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from the seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And you get the view from the seat from the venues, you get lowest price guarantee, and you get that all-in prices. They show the total right up front, so you're, you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. And don't worry about losing that email being sent to your device. All tickets are bought in seconds, and you have them right there on the app. Zone deals mean you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats with an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute's tickets, lowest price. Do you want? They're guaranteed. Last-minute tickets, last-minute tickets, last-minute tickets. And this is the second straight day I've stumbled over that. What are you going to do? Um, let me let me tell you, we're here at Miller Thomas locked on Diamondbacks is excited for game six, which is going to be in oh, the yeah. afternoon on the West Coast. Uh, what time is the game? I actually haven't even looked it up. It's, it's with, because Houston and the Rangers are going to game seven, that means it's going to be 5 o'clock Philadelphia time, 2 o'clock here in Los Angeles. Oh and God. so we're going to start watching the game in my classroom with my with, yeah. my, uh, with my students and a couple of our big, big baseball fans. So we're going to have uh, Philly uh, D-backs on there. And uh, we have our uh, game six is tomorrow. I'll tell you who the, the key factor is for me. Uh, the key factor. And, and to me, a turn here could mean a turn just for the for the series, which is Corbin Carroll. Mm -hmm. who has been an absolute non-factor in yep. this series up at this point. But I'm remembering, and you remember this too, in 2004, Johnny Damon was an absolute non-factor in the league championship series in 2004. He just was bombing big time. And I remember when the Red Sox did tie the series, I was at game, so I was at the Bloody Sox, A-Rod slaps a ball game at Yankee Stadium. There wow. were some Red Sox fans who are grumbling, maybe they should start Gabe Kapler. Maybe they should start Dave Roberts. You know, if Damon wasn't pulling his weight, you know, start someone else. And you remember what happened? He hit two home runs. He hit the grand slam and the two-run home run off, off of uh, Vasquez and iced the game. Mm -hmm. and nobody remembers the fact that he stunk the first six games. People remember he was the offensive hero in the clinching game seven. If they, they've had this offense without with, with a black hole in the lineup, that is Corbin Carroll. If Carroll picks up, and we're, you're not even asking him to have a great series. You're asking him to have a good game six. If he has the type of game that you and I know he's capable of having, that could be enough to spark the Diamondbacks' offense, force a Game Seven, which is—is uh, is that going to be a bullpen game for both teams? I mean, it's going to be—it's going to be Suarez versus who? You? What? Oh, Fott. That's right. Watch him. Yeah, watch him be the series MVP. Best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, that's, come on. That's now. true. That's true. So that's right. I, I forgot it would be his turn in the rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Corbin Carroll has the big game, and Marte and some of the other players continue to hit. 
you know what? I, 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 I know a lot of people are already saying it's a Philly pennant, but I, I really do give Arizona a puncher's chance. It's yeah. not just because you're on the show. Thank you. You know, I appreciate that. I would hope the D-backs have a puncher's chance with what we've seen from them. And yeah, I totally agree. We need Corbin Carroll to step in a big way. And one thing we really haven't seen from Corbin Carroll this series all postseason that we keep talking about is that speed that he has because we know he's arguably the fastest player in baseball. And so far this postseason, we just really haven't seen it. He hasn't really taken off in this series, hasn't stolen a base. And if he gets on base, because there has been a couple times, uh, I think the first two games in Philly, he did get on base that first inning, and we just never sent him. And it would have just been such a good run-scoring opportunity to send Corbin Carroll, get him on second early. And with the way Ketel Marte has been playing behind him, swinging one of the hottest bats in baseball, like Ketel Marte is a near 400 hitter in his career in the postseason. So let's send Corbin Carroll early so Ketel Marte can get those run-scoring opportunities because we've seen him be super clutch so far. Uh, in this postseason. And then the other big X factor that the D-backs really need to wake up in their lineup is Christian Walker, who has been struggling big time in that cleanup hole. He has eight strikeouts to just two hits in this series. And it just feels like any time there's been runners on and Christian Walker's at the plate, it feels like he's striking out. How many half swings have have I seen from Christian Walker this series where it feels like he's trying to get out the way, but he's swinging through the pitch every single time? I, I swear I've seen at least five of those half swings from him this series where he gets called up on strikes. So Christian Walker needs to be a little bit more locked in at the plate. We need a big – this is one of the best power hitters in baseball, and we just have not seen the slugging from Christian Walker in this postseason and especially this series. So Corbin Carroll and Christian Walker I think are two X factors at the D-backs really need to see step up. And then on the other side for the Phillies, I think the tandem of Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, I mean, is that not the most scariest duo that from the D-backs perspective that they need to see slow down a little bit? I was stunned that Schwarber only had five homers. I thought he <laughs> yeah. had at least 20 this, this series. It was unbelievable. Well, look at we got a big series coming on, and this is the last day we could ever have two games in the same day. So let's savor that, baseball fans. Um we're, let's do today's trivia question. Okay. And do you know what? I thought of this trivia question while taking my dog for a walk. And when I came home, I did the homework for it because it was I didn't get it from a site. I got it on my own. So here is the trivia question. It's a pretty simple one. Who was the last pitcher to save both game six and seven of a major league postseason series? Who was the last person to slam the door and and earn the save? That's the key. Earning the save in game six and seven of a postseason series. Write the answers down here on YouTube or at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram or where I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter or whatever it's called now. And Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Miller Thomas, where can people listen to your terrific show? Yeah, I created Thomas24 if you want to follow me on my personal Twitter account or look up Lockdown Dimebacks both Twitter and Instagram. Please hit subscribe to Lockdown Dimebacks on YouTube. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. You know, Miller, I, when they paired us together to do these uh, you know, weekly crossovers, I did not think I was going to have someone who would be going this deep into the postseason. But, like, everyone at Lockdown Yankees, Lockdown Mets, <laughs> yeah. Lockdown Dodgers, Lockdown Cardinals, Lockdown Brewers, Lockdown Padres, who all thought they were making plans for October, your team 
two wins away from the World Series. It's been a real pleasure having you on during the regular season and postseason, and in the offseason you'll be here too. But hey, follow us at all the places I said. On behalf of Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks, I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Let's fist bump for one more time.